Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get In The Garage. We're a music podcast. For music lovers. We have a great show planned, as always, today. But before we begin, please remember to like and comment and subscribe and share the podcast with all your friends, your family, and most importantly... Share it with somebody that has a dog. Dog owners. No love for the cat owners? Uh, maybe that's another time. <clears throat> right oh, now. Okay. Fuck cats. Fuck cats. <laughs> Fuck ancient nobility. Fuck ancient nobility. Uh, yes. Well, so, so tell a dog owner. There you go. Um, what are we talking about today, Luke? Well, give, us, give us the rundown here. I will tell you. We have music news. Like always, stay informed. Then we have two brand new album reviews. We have the new album from Paramore. This is why we're going to review it. Tell you what we think, and then we have this stupid world by Yo La Tango, and that's it. Roll the theme song, Alex. Roll the music. Yeah, Get in the garage. Somebody roll up a garage door. You'll hear it right now. Wow. <laughs> what a time. What a time. I'm a master of pressure. Very spiritual. Very spiritual. Oh, <laughs> come on, man. I have to find somebody with a podcast that talks about trauma, and I'll tell that story. Anyway. All right, fellas. Um, some RIPs. Yes. RIP to the legendary songwriter, Mr. Mr. Burt Bacharach. Mr. Burt Bacharach. Um, he died last week, I believe, when we were taping this show. So some yeah. late breaking news. 94 years old, Burt Bacharach uh, famously wrote tons of hit songs in the like soft... Like la da da era of the sixties. <laughs> so <good. laughs> um, great, great music. Do you guys have any thoughts on Burt Bacharach? Uh, yes. Well, first of all, let's shout out um, probably all of our first introductions. At least me and Michael. For uh, sure. For Austin sure. Powers. Oh yeah, me too. Uh, in a big way, love that. And uh, Donnie Warwick, or you know, really a uh, standout artist, yeah. and all the songs. And yeah, uh, he was he was Dionne Warwick's like main songwriter for her career pretty much um you guys want to take a guess how many top 40 hit songs did burt Bacharach write the music for oh i'm gonna how guess many top 40 songs? top 40 hits i'm gonna guess like 57 uh i'll go 63 73 Whoa. top 40 hits 73 73 he awesome. won three academy awards um he won for best score and song for butch cassidy and the sundance kid the song was Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then he yeah. won again for best song for the Arthur's theme, Arthur's theme in the early 80s. Uh, if you get lost between the moon and New York City. Mm. He was one of the songwriters on that. Um, and yeah, just a soft rock master. That like chamber pop thing, that like twisty, strange uh, key changes. Some hits close to you by the Carpenters. There's always something there to <laughs> You know, like the soft brasses on everything. Yeah. What's new, Pussycat, Tom Jones. I Say oh, a Little no Prayer, way. which was a Dionne Warwick, and then wow. Aretha Franklin. And That's What Friends Are For, another late Dionne Warwick hit. Yeah. Um, some of my favorites. Oh. And he was uh, he wrote the music, his lyricist, uh, Hal David, for most of his career, up until like, I believe, the late 70s. And then he worked with his wife at the time, Carol Bayer Savior, Sager. Um, yeah, that video. Uh, I think did you share it with us in like the Instagram chat or somebody shared it or whatever? I where he's Jeff shared it. It was uh, him composing uh, the song or conducting the song. Oh yeah, I believe it's Kathy. Yeah, after his daughter. Mm. 
Yeah, he got his daughter who passed away. Just a, right. Just, yeah, showing him in the studio, just yeah, it was so arranging cool. live and like the band the band, the orchestra, the strings are all like playing it and he's talking through like give this emotion bigger here and yeah, yeah very cool very my cool. favorite part of that little video was like there's like a he almost doesn't like he's cr- like critiquing and doing all this stuff the whole time and then like for a little second section he goes oh that's nice and then <laughs> it just like keeps going but it's yeah. very very fun yeah um cool great. music man and and just look up like go on spotify look up burt Backrack. there's playlists look up the diane warwick stuff Dion Warwick. I keep saying it anymore. Um, I do it every time. I can't. Dion. Dion, not Donnie. I always say Donnie Warwick. And um, Dion Warwick, because of his songwriting, maybe, she was like a huge star in the 60s. Mm. I, didn't, I looked up the numbers. I forgot them. But she had like 40, top 40 hits herself. Very wow. big artist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I li- and I'd also like to, if we're shouting out people that do Burt Bacharach songs that we love, um, Isaac Hayes does my favorite versions oh, of yeah, Burt yeah. Bacharach songs. Uh, I'll Never Fall in Love Again. Mm-hmm. And um, Walk On By. Walk On yeah. By. It's just, it's so much good, uh, so mm-hmm. much good stuff. And uh, They Long To Be Close To You. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does a lot of Burt Bacharach tunes, and they're my favorite versions to listen to. Yeah. The King of Schmaltz, but in a good way, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a cigar and a turtleneck, and you're in a 1970s, like, padded like carpeted living room that's why that's why i like listening to it it really like transforms you into this time and place and this idea of what like music was uh and can still be and it's just very um it's very far away from what we're where we're at in pop music today Mm. but just such like a wonderful journey and uh you know yeah yeah and interesting timing too because he's got that box set coming out with him and elvis costello that's Yes. This is supposed to be coming out, I think, uh, next month. I believe yes. it was in the month of March. I believe so. Yeah. So, yeah. Rest in peace, man. Yeah. Great songwriter. Burt Bacharach. Great songwriter. Uh, we have more RIPs? No? Yeah. Another RIP. <clears throat> um, one of the members of De La Soul, Dave the Dove, Plug 2, Trugoy, um, passed away this week, 54 years old after a long battle with uh, congestive heart failure. Um, uh, De La Soul. March 3rd, their catalog will be available for purchase. Please go support those artists. Um, Famously, none of their music has been available on streaming or iTunes ever. Um, I remember they did a dump on their own website. I think I was in college, and they were like, for this week only, as a middle finger against all the record labels that are suing us, all these sample clearance issues, download all of our stuff for this week for free. And I download their entire catalog. Yeah. And... But they have just never been streaming because they have all these legal battles because of their sampling. Well, he was mm. also a very prolific sampler and mm. brought that into the hip hop culture and really was the antithesis of why people slowed down their sampling in the later 90s mm. um, because of all those issues. But, you know, it's so legendary beat maker. Uh, it's why I own a cop- a CD copy of Three Feet High and Rising. Um, great record. Um yeah, yeah, good. A great MC, him and him and Paz, um, <laughs> underrated MCs. They they got their shine, uh, you know, a decade ago. I think they were the featured artists on Feel Good Inc. by the Gorillas. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. go check out the stuff on March third when it comes out. It's, and it suck. I mean, timing is, but it sucks that he died right when this stuff's about to happen. Yeah. But hopefully it'll bring uh, them back into the legacy of hip hop and be a more understood group because of all this. So wow. yeah, for 54. sure. Fifty four. Yeah, 54, yeah. 
Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh, do we have any more RIPs? Or I do sh- not. Shall we move on to some other music news? Uh, I've got a little piece that I think is pretty fun and funny. Let's hear it. Uh, T-Pain announces a covers album. Awesome. I, I did see this. <laughs> He'll be covering Black Sabbath, Journey, Chris Stapleton, and more. Uh, I think he released the track listing, so a change is going to come. Don't Stop Believing, Sharing the Night Together, Stay With Me, Tennessee Whiskey, That's Life, <laughs> and... To finish it off, he's doing War Pigs, which uh, nice. I think is did really you, interesting and and a lot of fun. I feel like T Pain kind of. Did you see you what know? the big twist was? What's that? His no natu- auto tune. No auto tune. His natural Whoa. voice. Oh, I did. He not won see the Mass Singer a year or two ago. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah. And the, a lot of these songs are similar or the same ones he covered on that yeah, show. Yeah, he released a statement that says this covers album has been years in the making. I started recording this right after I won the Mask mm-hmm. Singer. Uh, it got put on hold for a bit, but now I'm uh, now that I'm independent, I'm able to do whatever I want to do through Nappy Boy Entertainment, and this is something I've felt strongly about for a long time. These songs are not what you'd expect to hear uh, that T Pain is doing uh, covers a covers album, and that is what I think is cool about it. So I'm looking forward to hearing this record. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. The T-Pain, tiny desk was cool. That well, didn't... that yeah, that was like the real impressive thing, and yeah. I remember seeing that, and I was like. T Pain did a tiny desk. He has a great voice, and yes. yeah, he's a phenomenal singer, man. I, I like, mean, really great. His thing with all the auto tune and that is like ushered in this new sound in hip hop. But like the mass singer shows, like his his natural voice is better than most other people's voices. Yeah, like, and he seems and like a very very nice person too. I've seen interviews with him and stuff. He's like very humble, down to earth guy. Like he seems really cool. Agreed. Yeah, uh, we wish you luck, T Pain. Yes, all the luck to T Pain. Mm. Uh, did you guys see? I'm gonna bring it up because we talked about it last week. Uh, yeah. The Pink Floyd drama ensues. Boo, uh, boo this man! Boo this man! Uh, Roger Waters, the man we are booing, um, has re-recorded "Dark Side of the Moon." I don't believe this in its entirety. It. <laughs> I don't supposedly i don't want to believe no it. release date has been issued yet so this might never see the light of day though it was showed to a telegraph journalist um so that's interesting uh the journalist said uh but surprisingly water seems to have decided that what was wrong with the original album's beautiful instrumental tracks was that they didn't have enough versions of him talking over them now they do um though he did give praise to some of the re-recordings and um i'm not opposed to re-recorded albums in a later time i think that's interesting i think it's cool it shows how you've aged into the music um this album though i think is done out of spite which is why i probably will not listen to it um he very much trashed his former band members saying that it was my idea it was my album i'm just gonna do this i am paraphrasing but it was pretty much to that uh statement and that his other uh band members in pink floyd did not have any original ideas and did not contribute much which i would hate to disagree with uh because most of that a lot of that album's instrumental there's no words to it so to claim that it's your sole idea is a very strange thing seeing that you are not a keyboard player or a moog player or a drummer or a guitar player well sort of guitar player but um besides all those things um that's what's going on there i will point my personal statement as this um if i had the option to look at the mona lisa or look at a copy of the mona lisa right next to each other i would obviously look at the mona lisa original every time well, so that's how i will put that in true get in the garage fashion hey roger waters there you have it all right 
I'll be next. I have I have more in petty news. Okay, let's hear let's it. Petty it. news. So I, I missed it. I wasn't on last week's recording, but so this happened a little over a week ago. But uh, Steve Albini started a Twitter battle against the, oh, yeah. the followers <laughs> of Steely Dan. Yo, we, we went hard on this last oh, week, and did. we danned it down, bro. Oh. We talked about how funny it was, but how like yeah. crazy it was. I don't know if this was stated again, but I would just like to state if it hasn't already. Please, Jeff's um, thoughts. But in, in the Steve Albini long thread where he said, I'll always be the kind of punk that shits on Steely Dan, one of the great things I loved reading, he said, they spent three weeks on the guitar solo. Three weeks of watching guitar players give it their all while doing bumps and hitting the talk back. Uh, more Egyptian, but keep it in the pocket. <laughs> it's one of the funniest so things funny. that's ever been said also, about Steely Dan. And here's the thing about Steve Albini. Steve Albini, um, you are the character in a Steely Dan song. You're a 60-year-old guy who used to make noise music who plays in World Series of Poker games. You are, like, Steely Dan couldn't write a song about you. It's too on the nose. Like, you are Deacon Blues. Like, you are that song. Like, take a chill pill. I just want to say on the it. Stereo Gum Instagram post about this, I commented Deacon Blues over here, yeah. which was... You know, and then St. Vincent weighed in and she said, for the record, I fucking love Steely He's Dan. Dead. So. <laughs> it's Steve Albini. We were, we covered this last week and we were like, uh, I, we, we almost called you to have uh, you just like come in on the, on the, on the takedown. Uh, uh, we feel the same way. It was very it. funny. Uh, I loved his other comment too. That was something about like, a they keep talking about, they talk, keep talking about the, <laughs> yeah. let me, let me find it. I got to read it. The Boz Skaggs comment? No, not, Bo not Boz Skaggs. <laughs> I think Boz Skaggs is cool <laughs> too. He says, there's some video where they talk about every song on an album, and each one begins with the not bald one saying, this song is based on my deep love of the blues, just a very bluesy blues, deep blues, then lays his jazz dork hands on the fucking electric piano. <laughs> well, unless he opens his mind and it. learns to play the fucking theremin. Oh, I love it. Jesus oh, Christ. I love it. Yes, this is uh, this kind of music news is what this podcast is yeah. predicated on. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have some more petty news, as yeah, a matter please, of fact. Please. Fucking Morrissey came out and decided <laughs> to be a big old bag Morrissey. of dicks, too. <laughs> oh, so last week we talked about Sam Smith and how the performance at the Grammys was being dubbed satanic by all the right, you know, media and all that kind of stuff. And Morrissey <laughs> chiming in, giving an opinion that no one gives a shit about, had to come in and say, quote, Capitol Records proudly promotes Sam Smith's Satanism, yet they consider the honest truth of Morrissey's factual bonfire of teenagers to be their biggest threat, and they will not release it despite their contractual obligation and promise to do so. Um, you know, fuck off, Morrissey is really yeah, all I have Morrissey's to Morrissey's just mad that Sam Smith gained 25 pounds, and now Morrissey isn't considered the fat good singer. <laughs> Well, killing there you it. have it, folks. Killing it. Killing oh it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my He's God. He's just like, dude, why does Morrissey always just have to say, like, it's like, just go home. I, uh, just go home, Morrissey. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all uh. aboard. Uh, Morrissey, finish a concert, and maybe someone will release your albums. Uh, that's how I feel about that, Yo, too. Yo, everybody has always suggested get into the Smiths. I get into 15 seconds, and then that jackass starts singing, and I immediately turn it off. Yeah. Uh, well, I, my I, whole life, I've wanted to get into the Smiths. Release instrumentals, please, so I can enjoy the music. <laughs> I hate that dude's voice. Uh, <laughs> I am a huge Smiths fan, but uh, I don't. I just don't listen to anything well, that Smiths. <laughs> it's hard to like any thing when the lead singer is just a complete asshole so there you go there you have it all right i don't have any more music news uh, oh we can talk about super bowl music news oh, yes let's do this so 
the Super Bowl this past Sunday, uh, some musical performances. We had Babyface saying America the Beautiful. Yes. Strum, strumming a guitar. Not playing the guitar at all. Strumming a guitar. Um, it sounded mm. fine. He's 60 years old and he sounds okay. He's Babyface. He's a legend from the 90s. I don't me know. And Michael, time. Me and guitar. Michael just discovered who Babyface was this oh week. And God. we have fallen <laughs> deeply in love. Yeah, check out the Babyface Unplugged record. That's not, not unplugged. None of it's unplugged. <laughs> it's, that's um, fully plugged. And then other singers, Cheryl Lee Ralph, who is on Abbott Elementary, who is a known Broadway star for the past I don't know, 30, almost 40 years probably. She sang Lift Every Voice and Sing, which is considered to be the unofficial black national anthem. Sounded beautiful. Great singing. Um, Mr. Chris Stapleton sang the national anthem, which was, uh, I thought, really cool. Mm. really uh i don't know if tasteful is i don't know but like i thought he sounded really good and uh everything he added as his own little flair i thought was nice he has just the sickest voice and i don't think they do any of that singing live really anymore because they always have tracks in case things go down yeah yeah but um just one of the coolest voices he's like the otis redding of our era like one of those voices you could just sing the the telephone book and it sounds what's a telephone book nobody knows it doesn't (laughs) exist anymore um he could sing your text messages to you. And then the halftime show was Rihanna, who uh, came down like she was in Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. And like about to like boing over and <laughs> hit a, to- a toadstool and um, did, did the medley, you know, 15 minutes, whatever it is of yeah. t- probably 10, 12 hits. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was cool. I Adorned liked it. Adorned in red. She had uh, a million w- dressed in white singers. I mean, dancers like... Uh, I, I yeah. liked the army of dancers. I yeah. liked when she like put on the makeup real fast so the dancer gave yeah, her yeah. in the I middle like of that. it. Um, yeah. I kind of liked how the performance was a bit understated this yeah. year as opposed to being like this big star-studded, like tons of people blow out, you have guests, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it really, I think, helped to focus on Rihanna's superstarness and mm-hmm. how powerful she is as an artist. And this album that's in the works, um, that's getting uh, teased in the new Vogue interview, mm-hmm. um, I think this is all building to it. I think the show did a great job for her. And like all those songs were mega banger hits, mm-hmm. all of them. Because um, I'm a casual fan, and every single, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah! Oh yeah. yeah! And it was really exciting to hear. So um, I, I like was... the super mix thing where they kind of sped up a lot of the songs and made it all just kind of like one big club mix, continuous yeah. like twelve minute thing. Um, so many hit songs. Like she is, as far as like dancey pop music goes, she is the best of that of our generation of the I, past fifteen years. Yeah, like, I, I agree. agree. And uh, very very consistent in like yeah. the you know because I was like we went from umbrella to everything in between in there and i was like yup i remember umbrella coming out and all these songs that really changed pop music in a huge way so it was exciting i really liked it yeah and i liked i liked no guests i liked that it was just simple it wasn't like about you know they're all dressed in like big you know whatever monochrome winter outfits you know i think i saw it was like 78 degrees there they're all wearing those like (laughs) parkas and stuff um but yeah, it was cool, man. Yeah, the ca- I don't like the camera flip thing. They started doing that in yeah. the past couple Super Bowl halftime shows where they do the full spin of the camera and you're watching on your TV like, oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, but in con- like you were saying, though, in contrast to like last year where it was like, it was like these like... Who was last year? Dude, last year was the whole, was whole oh, 50 right. Cent, Dr. Dre, M&M, Dr. Yeah, Dre and all yeah, that yeah. stuff, which was yeah. cool. It was cool. 
But, you know, I uh, I agree with you. I think just to keep it simple, boom, just one artist. It worked You really know, well. go through and all the hits. I liked how she said, I, I might have a special guest. It's because she's pregnant again. Yeah. So. Oh. Yeah. yeah very like fun. Very yeah, fun. Yeah, I would yeah. also like to point out that viewership of the Super Bowl was like 11 million people. And then when Rihanna hit that stage, it went to 18 million people. And then when she was done, it went back to 11 million people. Rihanna's awesome. Music is awesome. Go music. Yes. I agree. Uh, before we leave, down with Pepsi. Get a new sponsor. Thumbs down. <laughs> Thumbs down with Pepsi. I have a personal grudge. Oh, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. So down with I. Pepsi. As a yeah, disgruntled former employee. Yeah. Thank you. As he wears the hat. <laughs> yeah. Am I wearing the wrong and, hat? And Am pro- I wearing they, the Frito hat? They right? probably have some of your earnings in a 401k. <laughs> you probably didn't pull out. <laughs> oh, you're damn right. Oh, you're damn. You're damn right. We're Coca-Cola people. Make yeah. that portfolio work for me. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I know we're going to end on that. I have one more thing. Oh, Just no. real quick. Rapid fire. Neil Young announces his first concert since Who uh, cares? the pandemic. Oh, yeah, rock on, Neil. I'm, I'm, I'm here for the rock <laughs> on, Neil. Keep on rocking in the free world, Neil. One more thing. Neil Young is still You say alive. Neil Who Young? Cares? It's an autism fundraiser. In Los Angeles. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh you, you laid Jeff down with it. Sorry, I Je- had to. Jeff, I you saw it. I was like, here we go, baby. Let me, hey, let me fundraisers. Neil Young. Who cares? Uh, this just uh, dynamic old. usually is reversed. Mike's usually like, oh, and you're just like, it was something very serious. And Mike's like, oh man. <laughs> well, it's him and Stephen Stills. They're headlining. So go, Stephen Stills. I'm a Stephen Stills fan, but you know. You know, what can you do? Whatever. Neil Young, he's. I love you know, it. Keep doing your art until you until the fucking wheels fall off. Yeah, well, agree. They're falling off <laughs> pretty hard. He's got a couple of flats. Anyway, uh, yeah, let's uh, wrap it up. We're gonna take, take a quick a break, break. Uh, and then we'll come back with two new album reviews. All right, everybody, welcome back to Get in the Garage. We're a music podcast for music lovers. It is time. We for are th- the music podcast. I'm oh, so did sorry. he say A? I said A. Oh, Luke, we've been over this so many times. How dare you? Rookie mistake. Uh, it's time for our two new album reviews, as we always do. This week, we are starting off with "This Is Why," the sixth studio album from Paramore. Haley Williams and crew have whipped up another album for us. This is. Um, a kind of post-punky affair. They took a little hiatus from the 2013 album, and then they released their last album, After Laughter, in 2017, and we've had a little bit of a break since then. Uh, this is a more hard-hitting album. It is 32 minutes long. It is not very, uh, I'm sorry, 36 minutes long. It's not that, uh, you know, lengthy, so... What did you guys think of this release? You thought this was hard hitting? I mean, I thought it was more hard hitting for like Paramore compared to their 2013 release where it was oh, a bit more poppy and one. R&B yeah, uh, flavored. I think they're, this is more of a return to their classic-y, more emo form in a lot of ways. I thought this was very grown-up sound. I'm used to the kind of that young anthem, hit-you-over-the-head pop-punk stuff, in a good way, hit-you-over-the-head. Um, I found this album to be... Not like snoozy, but like it was a little bit more nuanced, we'll say. Hmm. I loved a lot of the guitar sounds. I liked a lot of the sounds overall on this record. Yeah, same um, here. Uh, not just the playing and the parts, but like the tones of the guitars and bass and the way they would layer the vocals and put distortions and filters on. Um, yeah, I thought it was solid. I I haven't listened to Paramore since that Whatever the album is, it called Riot that has all the, like the graffiti letters all over it. Correct. Which had like four or five hits on it. Uh, it's never been a band I've been into, but uh, Haley Williams still sounds 
Sounds good. Yeah, I think she yeah. sounds great. And I, I really did enjoy this album, too. Uh, same, Likewise with Jeff, too. As far as Paramore goes, it's like, I know the hits. Uh, my wife loves Paramore. Uh, Haley Williams has a great uh, NPR Tiny Desk concert that gets played sort of regularly in my house as well. Uh, you know, she's got the chops, man. I mean, she sounds really, really good. She performed, uh, forget which song it was, on the Jimmy Kimmel show more recently, too. It was with a couple of other uh, people playing in the band. It wasn't just the trio as it is on the album itself. That song was running out of time. Thank you very much. Uh, great performance. I mean, she sounds great. I give it to her. And as well as, you know, like Jeff said, um, a, a, a pretty a pretty grown-up sound, I would say great i love the bass tone on here uh I, just the production overall i found to be really really good not crazy blown out Nah, you know it wasn't this sort of like everything's jacked up to 11 the entire time you have like these sort of ups and downs and uh yeah and lyric wise as well like the content and everything i thought was very very good the news that song was cool this is why uh, i thought was a great album opener and kind of setting the tone for the entirety of the record as well it's much more like introspective sort of idea uh that kind of float around here there's revenge on here there's sort of like uh um i don't know self-destruction sort of self-loathing that's in there too i know that Haley williams kind of tried to find a nuanced way to sort of address some of the you know things that she was accused of slash brought to court for sorts of things and she kind of tried to take like some ownership of that stuff and sort of address it in song form i thought she was really successful in doing that yeah uh this is when i say like harder hitting i mean more like it's more in the rock vein and sound as opposed to like yeah. the big kind of poppy thing they were going for that was a bit more r&b uh influenced and it, it takes what they originally kind of started with, like Jeff said, with like Riot and things like that. And it really takes a twist of that and like brings a lot of different influences into that original sound. And I think really morphs into what we have here, which is a pretty mature grown into record. There's a lot of like cool things that are happening on here that really haven't happened on like a Paramore record. There's the... Um, the spoken word stuff on here that is like really really cool um in songs like the news and um i think the other one is um you first but i'll have to look that up but the spoken word stuff where she's like talking like i'm on i'm off caffeine of do uh, doctor's orders those kind of lines in here are really like giving me a lot of who Haley williams is at this moment including the um title track in oprah this is why it really takes her and where she is and like she's like I, I don't want to leave the house because of all these things that are going on in the world and I think it's really um a growing with her audience where like we're all like 30 years old I was in high school in eighth grade when all those things were kind of coming out and it seems like this is grown with us this is something I can listen to now and be like oh yes I do I feel these same things and like Mike said, too, the nuance in the record where it's not all kind of the same tone coming at you. Songs like Big Man, Little Dignity that have really lush and beautiful keyboard sounds. Um, there's also some like little like flute-y noises coming in at some point on the keyboards, which I think is really cool. Um, all those things, I think, make this a really great modern rock record to listen to. It's very exciting and fun and has a lot of good nuance in it and when i say exciting and fun i mean like to the ears to listen to it has some serious um 
you know, serious spots in it about like, you know, things that are going on in her life that might be a little bit like chaotic, but it also has moments of brevity that are lighter and fun. Uh, the brevity moments, let me shout out before, uh, running out of time where she's kind of poking fun of herself or she's always running late and all these things that she can't do. Um, and I think it's those kind of things that give the um, more serious moments on the album, like Thick Skull, the album Closer, mm -hmm. they're really poignant um, effect because you have this kind of light and then that and then the spoken word. It's very artsy. I liked this record. Yeah, I um, I liked some songs. I liked uh, You First a lot. I thought that was sonically interesting, melodically interesting. Um, I love the textures of all the different instruments and the interplay of how each new verse and chorus would add things in a different way. Um, this is why it was a good album opener. I really like the song Figure Eight, which has a lot of like clockwork, like naughty rhythms, like the drums is doing one thing, chopped against bass doing one thing, doing guitar against, and it was just very like all fit together. Um, is Haley Williams the best or on the short list of best female rock singers of our generation i think so the yeah, pipes on so. this album were really good like some of the melodic lines she was hitting in the choruses were like if you were to just kind of like think about them you'd sing them kind of more straight and she's really angling up on the end of phrases and really giving you this yeah. interesting um vocal which is really i think the emo kind of vocal it's very expressive and mm -hmm. i think she kind of takes all of that I think she's a very good singer. Yeah, figure eight. I mean that that that's my favorite chorus on the whole yeah. album. I think you know, and she, yeah, there 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 are, there is some really good vocal performances on here, and it doesn't ever seem like there's really much of any studio trickery happening. It sounds like it's pretty much just all her. I don't think. I mean, I'm sure. I don't think you can really get around it. There's tampering with vocals at every album now. That's just like the name of the game. You know what I mean? But the creative lines and her singing power is definitely you can definitely hear it. it's very very uh evident and she doesn't on yeah. this album she doesn't do a lot of that like edge of scream yelling type singing like she used to 10 15 years ago um but i thought it was very effortlessly uh well done alex what do you what is your view on paramore being a, a band that kind of peak popularity was when you were very young uh, yeah i like I like Paramore quite a bit. Um, I thought this album was pretty good. It didn't do as well as I thought it did on like a lot of other platforms. Um, like other reviewers didn't think of it as highly, and I was like, "Wow, this was this kind of took me by surprise." Because I listened to I did listen to Paramore a lot in high school mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Do you um, think it vibes well with their original sound? Or a little bit, yeah. It's close, but you could tell it's a little aged. Do you think? A little aged. Yeah. Do you think that so, some of the more hardcore Paramore fans are? more reluctant to go with them on the on their adventure like say a uh, record we covered a couple months ago arctic monkeys the car yeah as but to me though yeah. i'm just this is me i don't think their sound has changed that much i just think it's matured into yeah that's what i would say how they would play that kind yeah. of music now being the age they are now yeah um, they're just older yeah yeah. I wanted to ask you guys, especially Jeff over here, um, uh -oh. especially on the title track, This Is Why, did you mm. get any uh, can influence on the drumming and the way that the kind of percussion loopy stuff started in there? Yeah, I was I, so I liked that song because right off the top it had that cool drum groove. Uh, but then within like 11 seconds it shifts to the actual song and they never brought back that first thing. So I, I didn't know... I looked at the liner notes. It, I don't think it was a sample of anything, but 
I don't know. I kind of wish that this song had stayed in that kind of, like you're saying, that kind of like a loose but motoring type of propulsive beat. It kind of like just like hard left turns into yeah. another very interesting drum beat. And, but that motoric thing, that propulsive, that energetic, <laughs> static energy type of thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the, that first seven, uh, ten it's seconds, that's that my favorite part. Of that. I, I, I fully I was agree. like, oh shit, what a way to kick off an album. Oh, it's a different song. Now. Yeah, this uh, kind of yeah. kicks into like the regular beat. Did you guys, what did you guys think of you, a figure eight song we've been talking about that had that crazy jazz ending where it turns yeah, into like hot it. noise? Yeah, and it. I'm like, oh, if yeah. you, you guys are, you guys are touching on it because you guys are like flavoring in these like little bit of can in the beginning of the song and the bridge will bring a little bit of like uh talking heads or wire influence in right right and this is the stuff that's making this record really really arty and really really great and i really like next one womp go in on it man make like a jazz freak out in the middle of a song like really Mm. get there with yeah i'm excited to see what comes next for this band i mean to put it into perspective she was born in 1988 so she's the same uh, age as jeff and i think likewise um um Taylor and drummers Zach. 90 guitar players 89 they're all yeah they're about all like about 30 yeah. yeah between 30 and 35 years old so yeah I mean a lot of maturing to do there's still you know they still have some time to do some uh, some interesting things so I'm excited to see what comes next for Paramore because they you know this uh, even with this album too and I think you know touring now or like playing out now and stuff like that too I did watch a brief a bit of an interview where they uh, they spoke at um, Apple Music. I can't remember that guy's name. Who's that guy that always does the Zane Apple Music? Lowe. Yes, thank you. And, uh, you know, they had mentioned that they have been seeing a lot of new faces and stuff. So I think this is an exciting moment for Paramore because I think that with this album, too, they may earn themselves, like, some new fans. And, you know, I think regardless, as a band moves on and, like, matures, like, you know, Luke was saying, that maybe it does isolate some uh, some older school, maybe, like, some, some more hardcore fans and stuff, too. But, I mean, I can say that based off of this album and before this point listening to this album, being very much a novice when it comes to Paramore, I like this album. I could consider myself a Paramore fan based off of listening to this one record. So, you know, I really enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah. So, ratings? Jeffrey. Shall we go? Seven. I want to give it a seven point five, but um, the last like four tracks kind of got a little too. I don't know. Yeah. Too floaty, too wishy washy, too downery to end the tracks. Maybe that's what they're going for. And maybe I just need to listen to it a few more times. But it's a seven, seven point five. Yeah. Uh, I'll go. I'm gonna go pitchfork style. I'm gonna go seven eight. Strong album, man. Strong album. I can't wait to see what happens next. I'm going to bring this up to an eight because I found myself while it was playing really enjoying it more than like I kind of like my ego would want to maybe like let myself a little bit. Mm. Um, so I'm going to give it an eight. I like this record a lot. Uh, I think this shows that Paramore is a band that can make any kind of record they want. They can make a big pop record if they feel like it. They make a throwback emo record. They made an acoustic record. It'd be interesting and cool. I think Haley Williams is a very, very talented person, and I think this band is capable of doing a lot of things, and I'm very excited to see the next release. I hope they find a bass player. Me too. True. 
But also, I was thinking they might not have a bass player because when you have a fourth member in a band, then any voting on anything gets can become stalemated. It can. So maybe it's just easier to have three people. Yeah. Be- yeah. Before we really, really go though, I'm yeah. gonna say this: uh, Haley Williams, just like be Paramore. Like finally, like I, Soccer Mommy is one person. Bully is one person. Snail mail. Snail mail is one person. Paramore, I'd be really cool if it was just one person. Yeah, but the, the original drummer's back. I know, but like. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> what he said. That's what I feel about it. Luke and I have had extensive conversations on the inside baseball side of uh, of the Paramore story. Yeah, can you imagine? Very the, interesting. Look it up. If you, if you can you imagine leaving a band after like a fourth album, a huge fame, and you're 20 years old? That's that's how old that drummer was when he left yeah. the band after being in the band for like six years. He was yeah. only twenty. Can I? But he's been back for like seven, eight years now. Can I further state? Could yeah. you imagine starting a band with your own brother and then you both leave the band together? But then you go and back. then you go back and your brother doesn't go back. That must be an awkward ass Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's not playing VFWs anymore, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Anyway, let us know what you think. Did you like the Paramore album? Did you not like it? Are you a fan? Are you not a fan? Why? Let us know in the comments below. Let us know. Let us know. Below. Below. The next album we're reviewing is an album called This Stupid World. It is by the band Yola Dengo. It is their 17th album. This is a trio. It's built around a husband and a wife and a bass player as the third member. I'm not going to look up names. We don't fact check here. Um, the band as this current trio has been in existence for just over 30 years. The band itself was around, I think seven years before the band, the bass player joined in 1992. And this is their 17th album, nine tracks, 49 minutes, um, produced by the band, by the three of them in their own home studio setup. Uh, Yola Tango is one of those critics choice type of favorite band. I had zero in experience with Yola Tango before listening to this album. I, I mean, I probably caught a stray track here or there, I assume, but I always had them on my list of like, oh yeah, I'll get into that band at some point. I never did. Um, but I thought this album was really cool, especially like considering these are three people who are all between the ages of like 55 and 65. Like it sounds so effortlessly cool and it has that like, just they're doing their thing, man. Yeah, I same thing here. I have never heard of them before. Um, you know, they're from Hoboken, baby, the New Jersey zone. You know, no so joking. you know, go go USA bands. Uh, yeah, they've been around since 1984, which I thought was pretty, pretty crazy. The lineup is Ira Kaplan, Georgia Hubley, Hubley, and James McNew. Um, same here. I mean, it's. It's it's it's. I mean, I love drone. I love all that kind of stuff. Everything that's sort of peppered in on here is great. I think the the album is paced very well. There's a lot of tension and release on this album, but it's not in the way that you would get it, where it's like tension and release on one song. It's tension and release kind of over songs, plural, which I thought was cool. I love the uh, you know, I like the 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 way the whole album played out. Yeah, this is a, uh, like, I'm with Jeff on this one, and I kind of picked this album to review here as an opportunity to maybe get into this band or not get into this band. Uh, 17th album is a weird place to start, but here we are. And They say I, their 16th is their best. They say their 16th <laughs> is their best. Um, this is the, 
album, I was kind of, I didn't know what this band was even going to sound like, but I put it on and I fell in love with this record. This is an album that's kind of tailor-made for my sensibilities. Like uh, you guys mentioned, it's heavy on that like drone groove, um, but it's not so, and it's distorty and noisy, but not in an aggressive way that's like, I can't take any more of this. It's more drony in like a sound bath and has a lot of funky, great rhythms in there. Um, also, to be noted, there's some great, like, acoustic y, um, slowed down, really beautiful pieces on here, or at least one. And there's a, you know, a lot of vocals about living a normal life and, um, a modern in our modern society and how you're viewing it in the way they view it i think they gave a lot of themselves on this record i really really like this kind of um fuzz drone that's not uh, aggressive i think that's really really interesting yeah i think georgia hubley too she's the drummer for the band i mean talk about like just playing in service of the song nothing flashy nothing crazy holding it down the entire time. Uh, I love the use of feedback throughout this whole record. And even when you are getting that sort of like really droney, noisy, shiri kind of thing, um, I'm just like a real sucker for the kind of like soft sort of way of singing over what it's is NPR very, singing. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's yeah. just so cool. I just thought this record was... Uh, so amazing apology letter i thought was a great uh use of that like talk singy like really like yeah, yeah. um yeah. where he's that was kind of funky song yeah explaining like an argument um or about like who you are in the argument and how you behave and it's the apology letter to the significant other i would believe and it's very um very self-effacing and kind of very like oh that's pretty vulnerable of you to mm. come out like that and uh i just really like the nature of that kind of song um another thing i kind of really liked on here was with that same style and i believe it was the same singer uh tonight's episode the song mm -hmm. where he goes through and like names all the yo-yo tricks he can do um which made like for me that's the kind of like musical thing i am after on like that i really love lyrically it's funny in a way that's referencing something else that's probably more serious beforehand and then goes to yo-yo tricks and references like land of a thousand dances another song where he's like i can walk the dog and the band goes walk the dog and he's like doing all the land of a thousand dances but with yo-yo tricks that kind of thing it's like uh you know it's in and in and in on layers and masks the seriousness of something uh for me that's a little like too much on it but that's why i like this record it's things like that i think it's really well done yeah this is um i wouldn't say this is a rock album but it's like a rocking album like mm. it's a slow boil of kind of things are kind of a little dirty a little grimy a little heavy but not hard hitting yeah like nothing is coming at you on like amps on 11 um but things do have some edge and some weirdness like the album opener which is sinatra drive breakdown which is basically like a static locked in groove and then it's the two-part harmony vocals the whole time and it's kind of like just guitar weirdness yeah 
all over it. Like they sing, 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 sing. And then it's like, we say like a noise solo. It, I don't mean noise, noise. I mean like just strange, atonally jazzy weirdness. Um, but yeah, I really, I really enjoyed this a lot. The textures are very cool. Um, this just sounds like a band that's like so comfortable. Like, yeah, we write our songs and we play them the way we hear them. And everything is like the best kind of, uh, I want to say mood, mood like background music, but not in a like forgettable, dismissive, don't listen to it kind of way. But more of like you get home from work, throw this record on, go about your house, put away your stuff, cook dinner. Like it's, you can lock into it. It's a great headphone record, but it's also like just great. Just throw it on and just have it in the back of conversation even because I don't know. I just thought it was, it was like cool. Like it a bunch of cool old people doing yeah. cool ass music. I, sure. I don't know. It's it really like, was. And uh, I wanted to also kind of shout out a little bit. I think thematically this has a, a, something or a lot to do with what Haley Williams was actually talking and singing about on her record with Paramore. Mm-hmm. But the Paramore record is done in a more poppy, emo-y, uh, modern rock way. And this is like the cool indie salad side of it you know what i mean yeah, it's yeah. the more underground of that same kind of sentiment of like what you know because just I, living your life is yeah like, like yeah. living your life and what's in, in the times we're living in you know and i i thought that was interesting uh also let's shout out the title track on here the times that we're living in this shitty world which is a real build um mostly kind of like builds into this noise piece but it's again not abrasive it's more of like a wonderful sound bath of guitars Mm -hmm. and breathes into the sentiment that this is how we're gonna survive this is how we live this is how i um behave in this shitty world so i think that then the sentiment too of the uh not shitty but the this stupid world and the sentiment of this stupid world and that kind of again like that same flavor i was giving you before seriousness and then kind of being like this stupid world which is kind of like a way to throw it off but also yeah. be pretty serious about it that for me is like the pinnacle of like what you're trying to do and it's juxtapositioned on the background of this building noise track and it's this stupid world and mm-hmm. it's got all this stuff in it and um i think there's like a lot of nuance in here and a lot of great artistic Mm -hmm. bends and twists that kept me exciting and looking for well what does he mean by what what is this going on what is this and uh i really liked it and then some things were really obvious and up to the face about it yeah and i also enjoyed how you get sort of this you get both sides of the coin in every song in the way that you get you know you have that sort of locked in groove and everything and then you have that noise and then just kind of like very very sort of like peppered in there you just have like this really sweet sort of acoustic kind of stuff just kind of like sprinkled on top of everything you know i mean i saw it the, the first track the uh sinatra drive breakdown i'm like oh track one is over seven minutes long yep i'm in yeah you that's know? half the album I and think then long track and then fallout which is a great track too that's super that was giving me not that i'm like a really big sonic youth guy but that was giving me sonic youth vibes it for sounds sure. like it sounds like dirty boots right you yeah. know, yeah, and uh, especially Fallout. I even in my notes I wrote Luke song one hundred percent. I mean, this album immediately I was like, oh, Luke is going to love this record, and this is a Luke record all day long. And I did love that pacing because it's like you get the Sinatra Drive breakdown, you get Fallout. Tonight's episode, you know, uh, musically, what's going on? It builds a little tension because you have like this sort of like descending sort of like blind kind of thing going on. 
and then uh uh, a Celestine, I think that's the first that song. song. That's the first song by George, sung by Georgia, and I was like, "Oh, thank you so much!" Because it's like, here we go, a nice, pretty, beautiful song. It's only three minutes and fifty seconds long. I think it's the second shortest the, song like, on the volume, on the swell, album. Steel, I mean, just yeah, absolutely beautiful. I love both of the songs that she sings because I think she comes back on Miles Away, the last, the closing track. Uh, and sings on that one after the This Stupid World track, which is that sort of like super noisy, kind of like staticky sort of thing going on. Um, but yeah, great, great album. Yeah, I'm man. looking forward into looking into the more of the catalog. Yes, Alex. They are currently signed to Matador Records. Yeah, the big, has, yep. the big indie. Yep. So and they yep. have quite a few big indie artists that are live with them right now. A lot of we know Queens of the Stone Age, mm. Snail Mail, Horse Girl, yep. um, King Cruel. <laughs> Um, who's the other one that I had seen? Also, home of uh, pavement, Matador. Car seat, yep. Car seat headrest. Yep. And uh, Matador Records also famously had Sonic Youth. Yep. So there you go. There you get some of that sound probably originating. You yeah. Know, yeah. And I mean, fans. to be doing it since what? What year was it? Nineteen eighty-four. I mean, you kind of. It's like, you know, like Jeff said, it's very clear that they are super comfortable in a room together. You know, just doing what they know how to do best. So. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, gonna. Look, I'm well. now gonna finally get into their music. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah I'm I sold. Enjoy this. I'm sold. Um, you have 16 other albums to look into, so there you go. <laughs> There's plenty for a rating. Uh, I enjoyed this a lot, and uh, I'm saying uh, it's an eight. It's possibly an 8.5. The more I listen to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to agree right there with Jeff too. I'm gonna say this, this is a solid eight, but I can see myself falling in love even deeper love with this uh with this record and i'm very excited to dive deeper into their discography so there you go eight from me okay before i give my score here i'm gonna ask uh yolo tango is brain capers a reference to the mott the hoople album i must know it's been bugging me all week wanted to get it off my chest before i gave my number i'm going to give my first perfect score in this podcast this is a 10 oh for my me God. <laughs> this is a 10 out of 10 i think Whoa. i knew what it i knew i'm telling a you 10? i heard i'm like this is luke all day long wow. and you know how i know this is luke because when luke and i drive into a work red flannel shirt right no, now That's because whenever luke and i drive into work music. luke and i drive into work every single morning and whenever we have you know we always have these new album reviews we oh, have to listen to and stuff like that and we almost never listen to the albums yeah. that we are that we have to listen to in preparation for this podcast so and gaucho almost, got the boot and go, gaucho, <laughs> the gaucho's been out to, gaucho. out to pasture for a while he's, yeah he's uh he's back at the ranch so yeah i knew it Ten. that's how i knew i was wow. like oh luke is in love with this record Ten. we listen to it like every morning this it's on week. the short list yeah, we've only each given a couple tens. You, this is your first ten. This is you my think? first ten. I've wow. never given Have a ten. Have I given a ten? I don't know if I've given a ten. I I've never I given. I thought a 10. I had given a ten. Maybe I gave nine point five. Maybe maybe our oh our, our anniversary albums we've talked about. Silk Sonic. Maybe that if, might have been a nine point five. Yeah. I don't know, but maybe we'll have to go back and yeah, we'll the, have to go back and check <laughs> into the back. Catalog. This is this yeah, is a the ten, vault. guys. Wow. Uh, do you think this is a ten? Um, yeah. I obviously this was like a very critically acclaimed record too. Yeah. But man, I got no stake in liking this band. This is my first record, so mm. this is a, someone that has never listened to literally anything else this band has put out, and yeah. I think this is a ten. So that's uh, yeah. that's where I stand on. I I love it. Well, there you have it, folks. You Let us it. know what you think. Put it in the comments below. Is it a ten? Is it an eight? I'm Is a it ten. A five? Who knows? Is it for you? <laughs> Nobody knows. You should know. Give it a listen. Let us know. Uh, that about does it this week. Uh, as we always do when we finish, remember, like and comment, subscribe. Tell a dog owner. 
Tell your friends. Tell your family. Share the podcast with everybody you know and love. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes if you can, if that's where you listen. If not, YouTube, Spotify, all that good stuff. It's on the YouTubes. It's on the YouTubes. So we'll see you next week, guys.